From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. Civic engagement improves our communities. Whether it's working to get out the vote, campaigning for officials you believe in, or volunteering with advocacy groups, being engaged in your community helps to affect real change. With the Get Empowered app, it's never been easier to make a difference right in your own neighborhood. This app places democracy right at your fingertips by giving you access to local officials and news. Today, we sit down to talk with Horace Williams, founder and CEO of Empowered, to hear how he hopes the app will inspire change in local communities across the country. So, Mr. Horace, first and foremost, you meet somebody walking down the street and they ask you, who are you and what do you do? What's your what's your quick elevator, you know, pitch answer to them? Uh, I'm nobody special. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, so you know, my name's Horace Horace Williams, uh, and I run a technology platform called Empowered. Um, today we focus on enabling people's ability to participate in a plethora of civic engagement activities which then enable their ability to better understand politics and better participate in our political system. So, you know, that is, uh, in short, you yeah. know, how I would, I, I, I you know, kind of throw it at them. And they'd probably ask a bunch more questions, but that's that's where we start. Well, I can tell from your answer that you've done that before. <laughs> yeah, you know, just once or twice. You know, if you're, if you're in a startup space, you've right. got an elevator pitch. God bless you. Cause... That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. And I wouldn't be, and I'd be lying if I said I haven't adjusted it 15 million times. Sure. You got to, you know, try. if it's not a pivot, it's an adaptation, right? Yes. So, it's a yeah. constant exercise in that. No doubt. Well, now that we know who you are and where you are now, let's hit the rewind button. Sure. Tell me about where did you grow up? Um, kind of what what molded you into sort of deciding that you wanted to dedicate your life to, to this certain cause? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I grew up in New York. Um, okay. I grew up in Brooklyn and probably spent my formative years in the Bronx, North Bronx Co-op City. Uh, went to college, North Carolina A&T. Um, uh, HBCU, uh, left there early. Uh, I have to say this part, not because I'm bragging, but it plays a part in the story. I graduated <laughs> college in three years, um, but almost after failing out of high school, went to Xavier in New York City, which was a really good school, but it was so good, I almost failed out of it. And uh, when I went to college, um, I excelled due to some really awesome teachers who, you know, caught on to, like, my eccentricities and said, sure. this is what you can do. And just found out, found out at that point that I'm either going to do things really, really great or I'm just going to suck at them. So I have to pick <laughs> what I work on because I've only got two paths. Lock uh, in on so, your strengths. That's right. <laughs> so basically, um, I say that because I'm graduating in three years, gave me some negotiation leverage with my parents. And I said, listen, I got one year that y'all can't bother me because I'm technically <laughs> supposed to still be in school, right? So I uh, went ahead and made my own startup. At the time, it was a, a technology startup, web application startup. I was a designer by trade. So my, yeah. my career of trade is I've been a UX designer for about 15 years. So, um, and uh, I went into that, did that a little while. Uh, fast forward, um, we did okay enough to get a client in New York called Eugen Media. Uh, they were happy enough with the design work that I bought the table to ask me to join their startup. Mm. 
Worked with them for about a year. They got acquired by another startup here in Atlanta. That's what brought me here in 2008. So they were about a four-person yeah. startup. Brought me here to Atlanta to work for another startup called Vitru. That startup was called Ugen. Uh, Vitru was about somewhere between 14 and 20 people at the time. Uh, I went on ahead and lead and build their design services division. We grew from 14 people to over 250 in four years, and mm-hmm. we were acquired by Oracle. And I went on to lead user experience for Oracle social engagement, monitoring and listening tools. Yeah. Um, and in 2013, the shift was the Trayvon Martin situation. Mm. So what happened was I am, like most technologists, you know, our, our, our strong point is in emotion. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and, and what happens when something emotionally smacks you in the face, you have to pay mm. some attention. And what I saw was a situation where the outcome, if nothing else, and I say, you know, no matter what anybody believes about the circumstance, the outcome was one I could not explain. Mm-hmm. You know, I say, you know, I, you know, people go to jail for mistakes every day. So even if it yeah. wasn't intentional, whatever the case may be, I just could not understand how that happened. Mm-hmm. So I dug deep and I said, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in data because even though I'm on the UX side, I work in listening and analytics data and things along those lines. So I, I care a lot about metrics and, and understanding, you know, core reasoning. Yeah. And I pulled up this basically, I, I hadn't mapped it until later years, but I had done enough personal digging to realize the interconnectivity of this plethora of elected leaders from local to state to federal um, across two counties that were either directly or indirectly involved in the outcome of that case, hmm. either through appointment or through responsibility uh, or through you know judgment or decision. And I realized just how important um, participation in our political system is, hmm. especially with regards to local justice outcomes. Right. And I had not really connected those dots before. And then I thought to myself, I said, well, listen, I'm a halfway intelligent person um, and amongst a lot of really smart people who when I shared this with them they didn't really get it either and I said this is problematic um, we have a lot of people who really don't understand the system you know they adhere to it they are subjected to it but this is like you know like the Game of Thrones theme song that just came on a minute ago like <laughs> the same Game of Thrones everybody in Game of Thrones understands how their government works because they don't they got some trouble but like in, in, but in our lives like the people don't yeah and I was like, this is where, um, I was like, if nothing else, and this was kind of what got me started. I had two principles from day one. One was is that, if nothing else, I can't live in a society where I am raising children and I don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't feel comfortable with that. So if, if this business fails, I can walk away knowing I understand it better mm-hmm. and I play and I can participate better. And then from a business standpoint, I said, no matter what happens, and people who were there with me at the beginning can attest to this. I've always said, no matter what happens, um, the market will have to kill this business, not the office. And by that, what I mean is, is that there are a plethora of administrative issues, financial issues, personality issues, all kinds of problems that hinder a, a product from being successful. <laughs> I said that the only way that I would consider myself failing in this particular capacity is if we made best effort to go to market and then the market rejects us. Hmm. And that was the only way that I said I would quit. So as long as it took, that was my end game. And the principle I had in leaving, if it did occur, was is that I'd have to understand the process. Sure. And that's kind of what got us here. Well, tell me about the timeline. What? How long ago do you start um, 
you know, really starting putting start putting pen to paper and organizing sure. uh, the steps that it takes to to really create a business based around those those thoughts and ideals. So we incorporated in January of 2015. But I was still legally an employee of Oracle, and mm-hmm. I was also a key employee in that acquisition. So mm-hmm. they had basically given us three years of incentive to stay. Yeah. So I wasn't going to do nothing until three years was over. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, um, I was excited, but I was not crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I was, so I was going to. There wait. is a difference. There is a difference. Entrepreneurs. Uh, so I was. Uh, so I said, I'm going to wait until all that's done. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, unfortunately. And this is a part that comes from my past of it, too. My father mm. was a politico, mm. which actually doesn't play into why I did it. It would have played more into why I didn't. Mm. Um, but it's the genetic inclination, I suppose. Because sure. when I was younger, I, I saw everything he did with politicians. Like He's a big mentor of politicians, particularly one in particular I know that he worked with. is uh, um, She is uh, Letitia James, who's the... Mm. Uh, I believe the attorney general of New York right now. Like mm. she was someone that, you know, was mentored by him amongst some other people. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I know that, you know, he played a heavy role in that space in local Brooklyn, mm. but, you know, in some ways it turned me off when I was younger. Um, but then as I got older, you know, I brought this to him. First thing he said with me was, you're going to leave Oracle for this. <laughs> like you couldn't understand. Right. So then, then later on before, in, in, in before and I, I really got him interested, she said, um, he like had time to digest it, and he and he looked at me, and he says, and this is his last days. Unfortunately, he passed almost mm. right when I started the business officially at the end of 2015. And uh, he looked at me and he said, "Son, this could be really big." You know, once he guys had around, he said, "But you know, it's quite a lot of data." He said, and, and but most importantly, he's like, "If you do this, you gotta give a damn about this." <laughs> and and he meant it, and because he'd never known me to be a a, a public servant. Sure. You know, so that was, you know, so that's how that kind of transitioned. But come 2016, start building, uh, raise some money from my peer executives at Oracle. God bless them. Give me some cash. You know, have this idea of everything. We launched in, in 2016, go to Mark, do all this other stuff. Complete cluster in the office. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've got, you know, personality issues, all kinds of stuff. and didn't build it correctly. Did all the things. So basically had a year test run of what this mm-hmm. should not be like. And threw the whole thing away at the end of the year. Wow. Went back and had to restart it with less money because we spent tons of money that first year. I had to go and do some consulting every morning. I even drove Uber a little bit to cover some costs. But I knew how to do it right at that point. Yeah. So we went and rebuilt it, rebuilt the platform, relaunched it. Also, when we first launched it, I just looked at it as almost being a Rolodex of elected leaders. Like, this is how you find everybody who represents you and how to contact them. What we did not realize was people needed context. Like, great, I know who to contact, what they're responsible for, but when and why do I call them, right? And then also engaging people individually is a little daunting. Sure. Like people don't talk about the intimidation part. It's easy to kind of yell in the street to some party that you don't have to engage personally. It's a little difficult to walk in their office and say, hey, my name right. is so-and-so, this is the problem I'm having. So, well, and to understand that, you know, 20 people do that every day well, but and how to get pe- past that first level. Well, you interestingly know? enough, not a lot of people do it every hmm. day. So what happens is, is that if you go into, and I think that's kind of like, you know, I just made this joke the other day about uh, politics is not the devil, so please do not quote me on that. <laughs> but uh, if you ever watched uh, the, the Usual Suspects, have you guys oh, ever watched man, it's with, been a with long Kevin time. Spacey? Yeah, Kaiser So Say. Right. Like they had the saying at the end, it was like, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince you that he didn't exist. Hmm. I tell people politics is like the greatest trick that's ever played is to teach you that you can't have an impact. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's really not as, 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 as clustered on the inside as you think. Like, mm-hmm. you go and you try to pass a law, you go and try to talk to an elected leader, like, they're not actually as overwhelmed as you think they are. Mm-hmm. It's just the people that who are engaging them are the ones who are getting things done. Wow. So yeah. what happens, and, and that's part of kind of the story. So what happens sure. is, is that going back into the kind of the timeline, there's this woman, her name is Tamara Shilly. I'll never forget, she called me. And she said, Horace, and she knew me. She called me, said, Horace, has never met this lady before. God bless her. I think she's running for Senate now. And she said, I love your app. Love what you're doing. Don't change it. I'm using it for my organization. Hmm. I was like, how are you using it? She said, I run an organization called Beauty and Politics. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, I give it to all my members so they know which legislator they need to talk to when, when we go to the Capitol, when hmm. I bring them to the Capitol. And yeah, I mean, keep in mind, I still don't really understand politics very well at this point. Like, I'm still yeah. immersing myself into it at the same time as I'm building the tool. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I get off the phone, and she's like, well, can, can you come speak? And you tell them about the app and everything. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So it was very much the first thing I came to talk to. Right. But what I also learned at that point was contextualizing people's lifestyles towards how you start their process of civic engagement mm-hmm. and how having an institution or an organization behind you helps actually push you to do the engagement necessary to get things done. Sure. So... The first thing that came to mind was this is an advocacy group for hair and beauty <laughs> and like you know and like I never like barbers hmm. and, and, and beauty salon workers and then if you really get into it their industries are highly regulated they have to get permits to do certain hmm. kind of work they have to work out of barbershops and salons they have right. to pay for certain pieces of equipment they have to all of these things create these high cost hmm. you know almost independent contractual types of jobs that have to meet some kind of local regulation in order for them to perform at a high level. Yeah. Right? So that's what they're lobbying for, right? But you don't think about that in the grand concept of things. And if you no. tie that to every different capacity by which our lives are impacted by something we do for work, something we do for pleasure, something <laughs> else, I was like, they have to be an advocacy group for everything that there's one for hair and, 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 and beauty. And there is. Mm. So that's what we kind of like, okay, well, let's expand this. Let's build our platform to facilitate that audience. Sure. So then we built, you know, our civic advocacy platform, which is in addition to the app, which allows people to mobilize hmm. through our app. So now not only are they getting all the like leaders in the uh, tool, but what happens is, is that they can send out a call to action that says, you know, call your state representative and your city council member and tell them you want dot, dot, dot. Hmm. And our data, we manage data for about 30,000 elected officials nationwide which will scale up to about 150,000 by the next, in the next two months. Wow. And what we do is, is that on the receiving end, you would actually, your communication will pre-populate with your specific city council member and your specific state legislator. And you would engage them directly from the communication and the organization could track the follow through. Hmm. And we don't just give you the phone number and email to directly communicate. We also give you information about the official. And by doing that, we also collect jurisdiction boundaries that each of these officials are tied to. So that's how sure. we know, like, layering them like a Zen diagram almost. Yeah. And then where your address falls, your location falls, we pull everybody to represent you. Hmm. So that's how we're kind of able to reverse engineer that process so that people can contact on behalf right. of an organization. But this is helping them, not just the organization. So we found that that's really the clearest path forward. And that's the path we started going down to get, like, our first initial customers, our larger bases, and things like that. Hmm. So 2017, went back to market. Um... Excuse me, we built 2017, went back to market in 2018. We needed all 2017 because we didn't have a ton of money and we needed <laughs> <laughs> the whole year to rebuild yes. everything. 2018, we went back. 
um, small nursing organization, United Advanced Practice, you registered nurses, you know, they, they had two weeks left of sessions. It was like, you, can we use your app? We're like, cool, two weeks, you can't mess that up, right? Like, we actually gave them something measurable, worked really yeah. well, and actually led to our first paying contract with the full Georgia Nurses Association, which was right after. Wow. And, then, and then we actually just kind of kept pushing forward since. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then now, uh, because of COVID and everything that's transpired, um, what we ran into is that a lot of the organizations are being impacted. Hmm. A lot of capital is not going into going into COVID relief efforts. A lot of people are sure. having trouble raising money and things like that, which then hits us, our bottom line. But we've been blessed enough to then have kind of this new area open up where back when we were fully focused on getting you know, organizations to drive that context, hmm. you know, society itself is starting to drive that context. Sure. And we were starting to see just natural organic adoption build from our application. And then we started getting calls from organizations and grants, organizations, stuff like that, and seeing how can we put our tool to use to really get people engaged. Sure. So, you know, and we'll talk about this, you know, later, but, you know, we have, you know, a, a new application that we're launching to help with some partners and some stuff like that that's actually going to not just focus on who's in office, but who's running for office. Hmm. Um, help people figure out where they need to go to vote. Um, also help people check in at these voting locations and log feedback at the locations, you know, the long lines that we saw, the primaries sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, forward that to the appropriate parties. Um, we're also using it as a means, whereas everybody else kind of looks at election day as the end. We look at it as the beginning. Hmm. We want people to use our tool on election day. But we want to change, you know, we want to turn citizens into voters into advocates. And we want to transition them from election day into people supporting organizations that they can work with now to kind of lobby the elected leaders they just put in office right. on November 3rd. And that's how we feel like we build this real engaged constituency, not just people we're mobilizing for election. Yeah, well, and that's that's so important, too, because I think so much of what partisanship is, is this idea that you vote one way or another and then you go your separate ways exactly. until the next election. Yeah. Whereas the way you defeat that is what you're talking about, actually interacting with whoever's elected mm -hmm. to, to make sure that their constituency is represented throughout, throughout their tenure in office, which is so important. Yeah, we want to make sure that people, and, and we talked a little bit about this off camera uh, or off uh, mic, where right now, a lot of the money in politics that goes towards constituent engagement is directly correlated to elections and campaign. <laughs> I always ask people, where's the uh, constituent engagement budget once you're in office? <laughs> right? You, you, I haven't, haven't, haven't seen uh, it. I haven't got a good yet, answer for right? that question yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the part of the problem yeah. is, is that campaigns are lasting longer mm -hmm. and they're getting more money invested in them. And what happens is, is that as a result, people aren't paying attention at some of the really key important moments. Like this year, our legislative session was kind of cut in half in Georgia because of COVID and everything else. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of things on the table, like the hate crimes bill. You know what I mean? Like police reform bills, things along those lines, right? So like, you know, but people are so caught up in everything else. And, you know, there's a lot going on with the elections even because it's a big election sure. year that they lose sight of that. But yeah. what we really try to do is be realistic about what political influence is and how it's built mm -hmm. and how you can get things done. And it's kind of a three-pronged process. One is 
you know, continuing to be informed. Hmm. One is being truly educated about the process. Yep. And one is being involved and active within the process. And when you're informed, you know what's going on today. When you're educated, it's the scholastic approach. It's like, how do these things just work in general? What are people responsible for? Yeah. And then when you're involved, your hands on the ground, your, your feet on the ground, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so we want to give people the entryway into engagement in a way that is contextual to them and makes sense to them. This is like a dangerous thing to say, but your first entryway into political engagement doesn't have to be voting. I know it's scary. I know probably some people has already got me hanging up a wall throwing dots at me, <laughs> but it doesn't. If you, if you support an organization that's doing work in your community, if you are volunteering for a campaign, if you are, you know, uh, starting a petition, if you are outside doing a protest, right? These are all things that to me are on this cycle of engagement, engagement that continues to rotate until you land on the voting part. Sure. And then once you hit it, you know what you're there for. You know who you're talking to, who you, who you want to vote for, why you want to vote for them. Some of it's informational. But then you have to be really, you have to be very realistic about, you know, are people going to read about somebody's record? You know, go vote for them, keep them accountable afterwards, you know, or are we just trying to get people to do something that we want them to do because we know what we want to do? Right. Right, and that's and, and that's where you have to really be conscious. I told people on my team, I said, the day that Horace Williams becomes partisan, the day that Empower needs a new founder, hmm. because we have to be very clear and intentional about our enablement of people, and that can't be, you know, that can't be color party politics. Like it has to be about saying, here is the issues that you experience in your life. Here's how we can connect you to resources to help that or how we can enable you to lead the initiative that changes that. And then as a byproduct of that, you're going to run into when you need to engage elected officials, but you're going to be on more informed on how to do so. Sure. You're going to be more networked and have more influence on actually getting them to do something. Yeah. And then you'll have a much better understanding about how to mobilize yourself and your communities around election days. Hmm. And like that to me is really full spectrum civic engagement. Right. Well, and, and just educating people, too, that, you know, whether it's through age or uh, health reasons or socioeconomic reasons that, you know, are far too prevalent um, for any of our likings, voting is limiting um, for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the 17-year-old in America can't vote. Those things you just talked about, they can be a part of. Absolutely. You know? And then not only can they be a part of, but it will get them excited about the voting process when it comes. Sure. Because when you don't know, like I can tell you right now, voting process for me is so much different now because I know everybody I see on the signs outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, like, I actually have interacted yeah. with these people, yeah. right? Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I know him. Like, he, you know, sometimes he, he does what he's supposed to do. Or like, sure. this person... They, they, they're always on it. Every time I call, every time I reach out, they're on it. Like, it changes the whole, like, horse before, you know, the carriage process, right? Like, you know, now that you're in the community, you know who you need to keep in office. Sure. You know, you know who you need to change. And then you know how to effectively mobilize other people to, to, to buy into what you're saying because that vast knowledge that you've built from being involved is not something they share, but they trust you. Sure. 
And that's not a partisan effort. That is just peer-to-peer communication. And everybody who works in the marketing space knows that is the most impactful and effective form of marketing that exists today. Because you're voting for a person and not a party ticket. You got it. Yeah, no doubt. So many questions, Horace. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions. Oh man. Yeah. It's like a you know you pulled out the Jenga piece and all the people you know (laughs) the tower's about to fall. No, go ahead, man. I want I want you um, as a UX guy in your background to talk us through uh, the platform. Somebody who's not familiar and hasn't downloaded it. How do they How do they get it? How do they use it? What what's the kind of the you know nitty gritty of of how this thing works? So the platform of yesterday, because I know we also talked about you know when this may yeah. come out. Um, but the, plas- the platform of, of, of yesterday, basically you download and powered, uh, and you put in three things that are important. Put in your address. Hmm. We need your address because that's how we pull up organizations that are local to you. That's how we pull up political jurisdictions that you reside in so we can connect you to elected officials that represent you. Sure. Then you put in causes. So we have this long list of causes that you could choose from. And what we try to do is this arc our first step to kind of like context building, to like curate your experience. Yeah. So you select the things that you care about. So if you care about, you know, equitable energy prices, you know, maybe because you feel like you're paying too much for energy, right? And I'm using them mm-hmm. as an example because we work with an organization in that space. You select that and you live in Atlanta, then um, once your onboarding is done, you come to this experience that allows you to, you know, see all the elected leaders who represent you, allows you to um, search for elected leaders through our database, hmm. allows you to ask Empowered, which is essentially this tool that we have where if you have some kind of civic engagement question, you can ask our staff. So like, you know, we can kind of help fill those gaps. Right. But we also have pre-populated questions in there that if you act, if you select from them, we tell you what elected officials to engage based upon the question that you have. Sure. Um, but before all of that, you get a pop-up that says, hey, Harsh, uh, empower things that based on the causes you selected, you should support Partnership for Southern Equity. They are currently lobbying right now to improve uh, energy prices to make sure they're equitable for everyone. So you select, type in yes below and press send, we will add you to their database. Now you're following an organization or application who's giving you calls to action to engage elected officials on things that help improve right. your energy prices. So think about that and then think about it from like, not only do I care about uh, energy prices, but I have a dog, a little crazy dog in the back and it's medicine gets more and more expensive <laughs> as it gets older. And then yeah. I've got, you know, I work, I, I'm a driver for, for Uber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am, you know, a, 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 a mom right, who, who has a, a, a black son who's worried about, you know, police interactions, mm-hmm. right? So just off of that, there's an organization called Mothers of Black Boys who is specifically an advocacy organization that, you know, cares about, you know, uh, these, those kinds of specific instances. Yeah. You've got the ASPCA, maybe the Atlanta chapter, which is directly correlated to your owning of the dog, right? And, like, you know, the care of that dog and, and, and pieces of legislation that help a dog care because they care about them too, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got Ride Share Association, Ride 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 Share Association of America, this is an Atlanta-based organization here, C3. Basically, they work with you know Ride Share drivers to ensure that you know they're getting the things they need and connect them to like you know different places so they can you know perhaps lobby for better rights as, as, as independent contractors. Right. So when you see this full gamut, like 
you see that there's all these different parts of you personally that can be connected to resources and one of those is going to drive the content one day that gets you engaged. <laughs> so the version of Empower we're releasing, we're going to get beyond just the causes. We're going to learn who you are. Think about it almost as like an AI. Well, it's not an AI. Everybody says AI because it sounds good in the pitch deck, but <laughs> it's really not AI. It's just, it's just, it's, let's just say it's, 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 it's word matching. Right, yeah. like you know, and the thing is, is that, it, but what we do You're is, right. is that, yeah, I sounded a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, so it's, it sounds so much cooler. Like, you know, we we're not we're not there just yet. But what, but what we're doing is, is that it's it's a uh, advanced word matching, right? right? So what we're doing is, is that we're basically lining up causes that we know organizations stand for, and we're tying them to the personal description of yourself. So we're going to ask more about you. But we're going to ask more about you so that we can be predictive around what organizations support aspects of your life. And then when you come into our application, you're going to get a feed instantly. And that feed is going to be with volunteer opportunities. It's going to be with donation opportunities. It's going to be with advocacy opportunities. It's going to tell you your next election date that you go vote for. It's going to tell you who like. It's just a single civic engagement feed. And it allows you to know what are the ways that you can be involved today that can impact your quality of life based on the things we know that affect you on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we have your civic engagement feed, then we have your civic profile. Your civic profile is broken up into two things, which is essentially the information about you that you put in so you can edit it, change it, you know, adjust it. We can see what organizations you're a part of, what you're following, causes you care about, things like that. And then your voter profile. And your voter profile basically will say, here are your voting locations. You know, are you registered to vote? Like, validate that by clicking here. Like, here's your next election day. Because it's not just, here's the elections. Because, no, because once this is done, we got another one next year. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. So, and here is in advance who's on the ballot. But it's not going to have everybody on the ballot yet. But you'll, you'll continue to add up. Right. But you want to keep them continuously immersed. Like, this has to, this has to stop getting from this campaign formula. And to, you know, my pops used to say real civic engagement is an everyday activity, right? Because, you know, and going back to Game of Thrones, like I said, like, if, 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 you know, it's, a, it's a, not quite as intense as that. But in those kinds of infrastructure, we'll say today, we'll just call it a dictatorship for, for lack of better terminology. <laughs> um, but, like, within those kinds of models, it's imperative that you know what's going on all the time because your life depends on it. Your quality depends on it. You cannot be absent-minded about... What governs you? Ours it just so happens is that it's a, it could be a quiet dictatorship. Whereas if you don't participate, that's cool. But the people who do, they're going to be the ones to govern your life. Sure. So for me, like the application today, if I was to be really succinct about it, I say we learn about you first, and then we take the information that we learn about you in that onboarding process, and we create this feed that says. Here's what's going on. Here's what you can do. Yeah. Here's how you can get active. And, you know, this is the role you can play. And that's every single day because it can always change. Hmm. And then we talk about you as a voter and as a citizen. And, you know, what you are, you know, what, what's tied to you from a voting perspective, from an engagement perspective, and even a points perspective. Because we are going to be doing something, which is a gamification. And what that's going to allow us to do is create a new channel for corporate partnerships. Hmm. Because to me, 
if you really, really want to dig deep on what real pure democracy is, it's when we really make the constituent the center of leverage, right? That's where if Amazon or Verizon or Verizon or, you know, wants to lobby, you know, a local municipal government to have, you know, 5G installed, mm -hmm. right? Um, that shouldn't be done through professional lobbyists. Sure. That should be done through the constituency of that municipality. The reason they don't do that more now is because the cost effectiveness of that. You'd have to educate that municipality. You'd have to teach them to be engaged, how to lobby on your behalf. Hmm. You have to also have some kind of positive brand awareness that makes you worth doing that for. Right. But what we can do Which is- Which costs time and money as well. Time and money. <laughs> but what people don't realize is that a lot of these large corporations, they have CSR initiatives, like these corporate responsibility, social responsibility initiatives. Yeah. And they, they produce stuff every day about what they're doing for the environment, what they're doing for like, you know, communities and everything else, but ain't nobody listening to those channels. Hmm. So what we do is we say, listen, if you are actually interested in connecting with engaged citizens, then you can use our platform to provide rewards to people who are civically engaged and hmm. use that to open up a communication channel with them that you can then leverage to mobilize them when you yeah. need to lobby in those particular areas. It's cool. So that way you're building brand awareness through a direct reward for someone being involved in the community. Sure. or being engaged but you're also opening up a blind channel with somebody who is an engaged citizen right so that is where like we are going to just, like make connect the dots there and we've spoken to several core uh, companies about that and, and they're thrilled about it yeah uh, the other thing it allows us to do is map organizations uh, or I should say organization involvement by jurisdiction right because the way that a lot of Companies do grassroots mobilization, mobilization days. They do what you call grass tops mobilization, whereas they seek out like high profile individuals or like nonprofits that are already doing the work locally and they support them. Hmm. And then they reach out to them to then mobilize their followers, their base sure. to mobilize on behalf of the company. So this allows them to say, okay, we find that in the area where we're going to do something that based upon Empower's data, half of these people are a part of this specific organization. We mm -hmm. should go partner with them and support them. Yeah. But it puts all the, at the core of it, the thing that makes this all sit very well with me is it's tied to constituent action and activity. Right. You know, if they're happy with you, then they'll mobilize for you. You know, you have to incentivize them. And why not? You have to pay lobbyists. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it all to me works full circle. So that is kind of the big dream and experience and everything else. But to me, it puts it back into the hands of the individual. And it really allows you to genuinely have some level of control over your own community. Right. Well, and you sort of worked towards this next question that I had. I think it's clear that Empowered is an incredibly valuable uh, and important tool for the end user. Yes. As, a, as an entrepreneur myself, I turn that around and say, knowing the question that you just answered is part of it, the business model for you oh, and yeah. making that sustainable as a company and making that, um, you know, and making that company something that you can then, you know, go and drive further investment. Sure. What's that process look for or look like for you guys right now and, and really trying to figure out where that sweet spot is? So I'll tell you, it's interesting. If you'd asked me this, 
four months ago, I gave you a completely different answer. <laughs> we talk about that pivoting and adjusting, haven't we? Such is right, entrepreneurial such, life. Such is entrepreneurial life, right? <laughs> yes. So, like for instance, right now we're getting a lot of our money, or a lot of our pipeline um, through uh, fiscal sponsor uh, type of situations. So just so people understand what that is, is basically. You work as an operational component of a nonprofit, and the nonprofit's fund is allocated through that nonprofit to, you know, basically, you know, pay the costs sure. of you. So, you know, we do that currently, um, and we're looking at a couple of other deals like that. The reason, reason we like that is because um, as long as they are, most of the times that only occurs with C3s, which are nonpartisan organizations, mm. and allows us to be a resource that they then partner with as well which then helps us from a promotional standpoint, but then it also helps them as an organization say, hey, we're working with people who are you know, enabling kind of the future of civic engagement through their tools, yeah. right? So it doesn't force us to compromise at all. And it also allows us to bring in larger sums of, of revenue you know, as a part of these deals. Yeah. Um, another way that we're doing it is um, we're starting to look at some other pieces in terms of who we provide our data to. Right now, um, for instance, voter engagement data, you know, is something that is valuable to certain organizations, but it's also valuable to the secretary of state, mm -hmm. right? Like how are people, you know, what are people talking about, how they're engaged, things along those lines, right? Yeah. So like, that's an area of revenue there. I'm speaking, I'm speaking ambiguously about a little bit on intentionally <laughs> because there are certain things we can't specify sure. just yet. Sure. But I would say um, from a day-to-day -day model, we have the way that I talked to you about, you know, content in our in our application to keep people engaged. That's from organizations that we partner with. Right. Those organizations at a very base level, if they're small organizations and they're just looking for new adoption and new followers to our application, they produce content that they then send to our app to mobilize those people and those people then work right. on behalf of those organizations. So at a base layer, like if they're just doing that, it's free because there's a dual value proposition. Our end users get content, right. they get new adoption or new supporters, new followers. Now, if they want to enhance that, if they want to do take those followers and then do SMS mobilization, hmm. or do email mobilization, or get more demographic data, or get more, you know, uh, you know, or, or parse it by political jurisdiction, yeah. right? If they want to do more with those users, or even have them engaged outside of our platform, then we have tiers of engagement. The other thing that we also do is, is that some people want to take, love our app, love our formula, love everything, but they do not care about a shared ecosystem. And they say, make it for me. So hmm. white labeling. Yeah. So we have a couple of instances where we are doing that <clears throat> as well. Well, we have a version or some partition of our feature offering um, embedded into the website of an organization. Right. And in that way, they're actually leveraging, you know, our data and, and you know, our, our experience, but in their own branding. Yeah. And I'll tell an organization straight up, um, a lot, unless you have like a real robust infrastructure around that, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily suggest that up front because, you know, it's like anything that you, you take on and do yourself. Like we can, you, you'll be okay on the technology side and everything else, but like you, you are further partitioning or, or, or sectionalizing your, your audience. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and, and the more that we collaborate and bring them all together in a single space, the actual it's less of a cost for you, but then the more value it has for the end user. Right. Because, you know, they're just going to one place to do everything. But if you have the infrastructure 
and you've got the resources, go for it. Because then you're just more focused about having this ecosystem just explicitly for, you know, the people that you're targeting. And that's perfectly fine too. It just depends on the strategy. I just say, make sure you have a holistic strategy if you're doing that, not just a technology strategy. Because building it, anybody's in the app or tech business tell you, building an app, building tech, that's the easiest part. <laughs> Once you do that, God bless you. Yeah. Because they don't just come. Right. <laughs> right. But those are the areas that, you know, we basically do is through, you know, enhanced mobilization and data tools, um, white labeling exercises, yeah. and, you know, larger scale sp- partnerships through fiscal sponsors. Well, and I'm, I'm sure in your situation it's going to be even more important for you guys going forward to just have a transparency of that absolutely with the community based off of the type of work that you're doing through the app what we try to do and that's why i say like even with the corporate partners and everything else right Right. like when you opt in our opt-in i'm gonna tell you this is the craziest thing this is part of what made us go in this direction we have a very hard opt-in process Hmm. it's not like you can accidentally (laughs) it's it's the reverse of what you normally find right you actually have to read a message and then respond yes and press send in order for you to get a return that says you've opted into the organization. We have a 33% conversion rate on that, which is pretty phenomenal. And I think it, and part of it is because I believe that if you're telling people, if someone has something that's legitimately wrong or a cause that they legitimately care about, and then you actually give the time to talk about what you're doing, yeah, you know, before they opt in. You know, and you show it to them, you connect it to where it is. Like they see the the, the, the lineage, like they see how it all comes together. Then they opt in. The biggest issue we have is uh, the partners providing enough content. Sure. But they are, we are getting users sent to different organizations to follow them every single day. Right. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Horace, you, you came to Atlanta yes. through another company. Yes. And now you're building a company in Atlanta. I am. I would be remiss, and, and this is not a, a gotcha question to, to try to get you to, to give a partisan mm-hmm. response. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what's going on in this city right now uh, and how um, what, what Empowered's role is. Um, it's a fair question. In, in the city of Atlanta with everything that, that we've seen over the past few months, um, it, it can it's clearly... Uh, an easy argument to make that civil engagement is more important than ever. Yeah, so um, it's, it's not just an easy argument, it's a data-backed argument. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. part of where, let me tell you so funny, um, we had almost completely gotten away from direct constituent engagement through our marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. Like we most basically turned into what you consider you know, a B2B version of engaging organizations directly mm-hmm. and using them to build up our base as a result. But one day I got a call couple months maybe like right when right when riots were starting maybe mm-hmm. maybe even a little before that somebody was like hey man there's a bug in your in your android app like i'm trying to get some people to download it or something like that and i was like okay and you know and the thing that's interesting is is that you know for, for there to be uh, most of our app usually gets used primarily during legislative sessions and legislative sessions were on hold because of covid right so the thing that was so interesting to me was the fact that one someone was just using it Two, someone was telling other people to use it and three mm-hmm. there was an organization driving it and like it was android and nobody uses and our android app <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> perfect candid. storm like i was just like you know yeah. I, we spent all this time on ios because we, we we uh we just realized that you know there are more people with android devices but more ios users use our app right so then i go and i look at our data which i hadn't looked at in a while and i'm like my goodness like our adoption jumped maybe fourfold 
on a daily <laughs> basis. Wow. Um, and it had been like that. And I had not noticed it. And, um, and it was not just the engagement. It was actually because we can track, you know, if they're in calling or engaging elected officials as right. well through the app. And um, I was like, oh, man. And then, you know, we had some people that we were waiting on some capital from that, that you know, all of a sudden, because of the timing, you know, kind of came in really quickly, <laughs> you know, which was perfect because we had just, you know, in, in full transparency, because all small businesses go through this stuff. Like, we were having some financial issues. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you know, the PPP helped us out a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? We applied for that and got that to help us cover some costs. And then transitioning into this different piece, like everybody's next question was, well, what are you doing for elections? And we've never been in elections at. Hmm. But when we realized we just kind of came to this place, like, especially with this time, it's like, for us to be successful in getting people engaged, we got to meet them where they are. Hmm. And right now, the momentum is sending everybody to the polls. So everybody's getting this one answer. All the problems that everything is going on right now is, is going to be answered on November 3rd. Yeah. Now, do I totally believe that? No. No. <laughs> but, it's, but it's a marketing campaign that we are going to hop on board and we're going to ride down to, to November. Yeah. And then on November 4th, we're going to tell people, if you don't feel enriched from yesterday's process, it's because you got more work to do. And we're going to help yeah. you with that work. Right? And, and this is how you take what you did yesterday and you maximize it. This is how you take that feeling of not knowing who you was talking to or voting for yesterday and eliminate it. Yeah. This is how you take, you know, that, 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 you know, this is November 3rd wasn't a day of change because of just who you vote for. It's a day of change because, you know, and not selfishly, but because, you know, that's our goal. <laughs> You've been provided a tool or a platform that'll help you change the way you become involved civically. Yeah. And when you become involved civically, they have done health studies on this, psychological studies on this, that talk about people's quality of lives and their health and everything else having a direct correlation to civic engagement participation because it empowers people and gives them confidence personally and just being able to know what's going on. Yeah. Like people don't realize how even their health is impacted by living in a society they genuinely don't understand. Yeah. Well, it's, it's directly connected to when, when you become more civically engaged, you meet more people you become relationally more invested in your community and it's i mean it makes perfect sense yeah it's like listen yeah. it's like going to the gym you might go you might your first time i've been today might suck to go but you leave and you know you got the after weight 12 you know <laughs> you, you feel a little bit more muscular today you know like leave, go to the capital once yeah talk to a legislator once if you've never done it before leave you're gonna right. feel a little bit of that after weight 12 hmm. and then you want to keep lifting because then you, you're starting to see where it's going, but you have to give people that. Right. Like, you know, there's too much of a disconnect between the voting process and the impact process. And people don't know where they fit in it. And that's where, like, I want to bridge that gap. We want to, the team, we want to bridge that gap. And I think that that's where, when we talk about the role that we play, rioting or protests and everything else, and, and everything has its value. I'm not one of those people that say one thing is better than the other. I think civic engagement is a plethora of activities. Yeah. And they're all interconnected and they're all needed. You go to war, you don't just go with the infantry. You need the intelligence, you need the air force, you need everything. Like sure. that's, It's just the way that this all comes together. But what we want to make sure is, is that people know all those resources that they have. right? Like We don't want them to just feel like they're always doing the same thing over again and getting the same result. 
So like when I think about empowered and where people have positioned us, it's almost like we have to be a tool that also helps with voting now because then we're almost hypocritical to our own mission. <laughs> voting is not what we focused on initially, but it is inherently a civic engagement activity. Yeah. So we can't ignore that. And we have to tie it in because when someone now has the ability to understand, you know, how to be involved, how to escalate issues, how to engage officials on those issues, and then how to hold them accountable through the elections process. It's a very powerful way of being, you know, and the opposite of that, not knowing what's going on, it almost make you sick when stuff goes on. Yeah. Wow, Horace. <laughs> it's, uh, it's super important stuff. I love the sentiment that November 3rd is just the beginning. Absolutely. Um, that's super important. Um, one last final question for sure. you. And again, not a, not a gotcha question, but no, no, no. I, I was struck by what you said about, you know, the words from your from your dad and, and what turned out to be, you know, his final days of, Horace, this is only going to work if you give a damn. Yep. Forgive me if I'm misquoting. No, no, you quoted it correctly. <laughs> but, uh, you know... That's pretty striking now, yeah. looking back, you know, years later now, um, looking at this process for you, do, do you feel like you've lived up to sort of that challenge? I that think it's the only reason we've survived to this point. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I'm not, I've been in this industry long enough to have people tell me about their civic app idea and make me sign an NDA and do all this other stuff and like, if you ever heard of Brigade, it was a civic, it was a temp civic engagement in the app, cost Sean Parker $30 million and it completely blew up. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ones that went out there. And I'm not saying that we've been more or less successful than any of them. I mean, the thing about money and getting money, particularly if you're raising it, is, is once you got it, it's easy to spend it. <laughs> and it makes it easy to look like you got a lot of money coming in because you're spending money to, to get the money sure. that's coming in. Uh, when you don't bring in a ton of money, you play the long game. Long game is painful, but you know it's, it's authentic. Yeah. You're there because you want to be there. You're not there because you've got big-time investors breathing down your neck, and you're not there based on the facade of uh, success that is a byproduct of raising a ton of capital you didn't really need in the first place. Hmm. Um, so what happens is, is that I tell people all the time, Oracle paid me really, 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 really well. <laughs> and power does not. <laughs> power cost me a lot of money. Yeah. But um, I am personally more enriched every day. Um, I feel myself as just a personally more stronger voice, you know, amongst my own community, in my own crowd, amongst my own people. Um, I'm in the place where I feel comfortable now, raising a son in this world or a child in this world because mm -hmm. I understand how it works. Um, and I give a damn, you know, like, and, and you have to because that's where your motivations come from because there are parts in any small business. And I tell, anytime somebody tells me they're starting a business and it's about something that I don't think anybody personally cares about but it can make a lot of money, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I hope that motivates you through the hard days. Yeah. Because when you, there's there days you just ain't gonna make no money. Right. And you have to care about what you're doing. And if the only care you have about what you're doing is the money you think you can make, I'm going to tell you that's going to be short-lived. Hmm. Because they, 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 there's a lot of stress that comes with it. Not just your own stress, but stress you put your family through. Yeah. Stress you put your people who you hire through. 
just you put, you know, people who believe in you through, that, that speak on your behalf through. You can't get through that just because you think there's a lot of money on the back. Right. Not, not on the hard days. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a great end product. Once you figure all this stuff out and you got revenue coming in, then you can start scaling and go get your VCs and you can mathematically <laughs> talk about it. You give me this much, I give that, that much. Yeah. But until then, you got to care. And I could not have, I, I feel like part of my destiny with this business is that I was drawn to this for a personal reason. I'm not what you'd call a serial entrepreneur. Uh, once this is done, I, I probably go like, we're going like, you know, investment portfolio or something, or like, you know, design <laughs> as a consultant. But I just felt like I was born to do this. And because of that, it allowed me to immerse myself into it without a lot of care about if I'm wasting my time or not. And, um, you know, and it's exactly what my father said. You know what I mean? I look around at people who kind of start in this industry and come out of this industry, it's only because I think they see some kind of flip or they see some kind of like new innovation that's filling a hole, but they don't understand what they really need to do to get people engaged and involved because in many ways they're above the necessity of needing that level of engagement for them to have the quality of life that they need. Right. I'm not above it. You know, so I know that if I didn't have that, there are things that I couldn't navigate. You know, but when you have enough money or resources or, or, or you know, your, 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 your life just enables you to kind of circumvent it. You don't have the same passion, you know, uh, uh, embedded in what you're doing in this space. So I think that a summary, when my father said that, he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and I tell you, it was really scary when he said that because then I wasn't sure if I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and I was like, man, he made this real serious. But we got through it. I mean, it took years. And, you know, and, and now we've got, you know, some, some, some cash in the bank that's, you know, kind of giving us some, some leeway, which we haven't had. And, you know, it's, it's exciting now because you get to plan and you get to put together and you get to orchestrate. And, you know, it's not like, you know, running and gunning all the time. But, you know, right. I think we're going to do some really great stuff this year. Well, uh, Horace, be, because of everything you've just said and the, uh, the lack of partisan politics in this conversation, I feel comfortable in saying uh, we're rooting for you. I appreciate hope, it. Uh, Thank you. I hope this year is, uh, is the first of many great ones um, to come for, for you guys. So uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time and, and getting to know us a little bit. And we'll be in touch soon to hear about everything that's going on, I'm sure. You know, and I love what y'all are doing, and I'm rooting for the expansion of the platform. Thank you, sir. continue to grow and you know the work that you're doing important. Thank you, back. Absolutely. Empowered's goal is to inspire civic engagement beyond elections by giving you access to local officials, engagement events, and community groups. An update of the app is launching on October 12th. Head to the iOS App Store or Android App Store to download and get involved today. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connext Media. We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you'd like to tell the story of your own business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connectstatl.com. Make sure to subscribe to Atlanta Born and Brand and Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. 
And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Make sure you get out there and vote. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.